0: Cape Talk. Cape Talk. A world view from London. Good morning Adam Gilchrist. Hope you are well. Looking forward to the weekend but you at least have one more shift with us before you can enjoy getting into your weekend. Let's start with uh, an ongoing conflict, Russia and Ukraine but there's been a report on Russia's hardline policy forcing Ukrainians to be Russian.
1: Yeah, I guess it's a well catalogued crime, isn't it? When occupying invasion forces impose restrictions on the native population i mean it's happened for thousands of years uh, and rings bells i'm sure but it is happening in ukraine it's exactly this the kremlin has launched a a wide-ranging campaign to force ukrainians in occupied territories so in occupied parts of ukraine to become russian A joint investigation has been carried out by various European media outlets. The European Broadcasting Union, the EBU, has overseen this. And so essentially it's a joint conclusion that it's not just children. We've heard about children being forcibly removed to become Russian, to speak Russian. But there are rafts of restrictions now in occupied areas. So, for instance, all these catalogued in this report, Ukrainians are being denied health care, diabetes medication and other treatments. Entry to hospital, driving licences, pensions, free movement, unless they take up Russian citizenship. If you get stopped while driving uh, in some parts of Ukraine and you don't have a Russian passport, they can take your car away, which is an extraordinary thing. I mean, it's that hard line. One other example given in this report that I saw anyway is, for instance, a farmer, a dairy farmer in one village with his cows – can't sell milk in the next village unless he's got a Russian passport to drive the milk down the road. He could be stopped and everything closed down. It's, yeah, it's as hard line as it gets, isn't it, really?
0: And that's one of the reasons that's one of the charges against Vladimir Putin and one of his ministers is that the illegal rendition of children into russian territory they argue it's for safekeeping, but one of the reasons why there is an arrest warrant for vladimir putin but let's go to the gulf and the general middle east yeah. back off iran that's one interpretation of the u.s naval forces presence in the gulf
1: yeah back off iran because you we were thinking is this just a sort of a, a kind of a a bolstering of Israel and a sort of stop other factions getting directly involved. Well, I suppose it sort of is that, but this is one take I read anyway about the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower, now in the Gulf of Oman, about 300 kilometers when last charted uh, from Iran. And this is after the Ayatollah suddenly turned on Hamas. So interestingly, not turning on Israel directly this time. Uh there are, I have to say, also two missile destroyers, a missile cruiser and a nuclear powered submarine. And we talked about the submarine because they made that kind of PR event that had arrived in the area. But all of that hard military hardware is there. And there's footage now of the aircraft carrier crossing the Gulf of Oman. Again, they're not being slow to say, look, we are here. Iran's supreme leader turned on Hamas, delivering a message to the uh, the group's head. Uh, there again, Iran has also been pro-Hezbollah. So work that one out, where I guess it, it's not down to us to uh, try and work out the consistency of Iranian foreign policy. I guess you could say, it's a deployment of ships. Yeah, It happens all the time. It feels like there's some finger wagging and
0: some muscle flexing. And then finally, there'll be a there'll be a made for TV movie about this. Do they <laughs> even still make make movies for TV anymore? Anyway, there'll be some sort of Netflix or a Prime mm. Video movie about this. But a very loyal dog, the Jack Russell, who braved the U.S. wilderness alone.
1: Yes, before that film comes out. uh, You're right, I don't know if they didn't They don't call them made-for-TV movies anymore anyway, did they? They called them something... Anyway, um, spoiler alert then, because we're going to give away the ending. Here we go. This is uh, a dog found beside its dead owner's body. Um, It's a sad tale, of course, because (laughs) Rich Moore, quite an elderly chap, he'd he'd set out to climb a high peak in the Colorado mountains, and he hadn't... The last thing his wife said to him... Uh, she says, is don't go alone. So he didn't go alone. He took his Jack Russell Terrier, but may not have done him much good when it seems that he suffered from hypothermia and got disorientated, which can happen, got lost up in the mountains and and at some point perished. But the little Jack Russell Terrier, Finney, stuck by him for ten weeks until rescuers finally found the body, and Finney, who was about half his way, they reckon Finney had had to avoid all sorts of uh, predators up there, like um, mountain lions and bears and coyotes, and probably only survived by eating the odd mouse, maybe some crickets, just whatever Jack Russell terriers could find. I mean, they're, they're quite energetic little little beasts, aren't they, Jack Russells? But there he was still by his master's side after 10 weeks, despite all that was going on. And probably also blooming cold up there in the mountains, too, for the little dog as well as for the human. But, yeah, I'm afraid we're giving away the ending and it's sort of bittersweet. Oh,
0: that was a giggle of embarrassment because this is not a Hallmark movie at all. Shame. It's a very, very sad story, although a loving story of a very, very loyal pup. Maybe there'll be a a novel or, you know, a a (laughs) book written one day about it. Yes, a sort
1: of Call of the Wild type thing. Yes, yes,
0: not a Hallmark (laughs) movie at all. But Adam Gilchrist, enjoy your weekend. Have a good one. Thanks so much for joining us. He's back with us on Monday.